Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Kyle of the band Archetypes Collide over Zoom video. Kyle was born and raised in Arizona and talks about how he got into music, was a part of the church choir growing up, but never really pursued music until he was in college. He talked about joining a choir in college, how he ended up meeting the rest of the band members, starting the band, how they formed a relationship with Ashi of Beartooth, getting their song put on Sirius XM's Octane with no management, no label, nothing. He told us about getting signed to Fearless Records and all about their self-titled debut album and a massive tour they're going on with Trivium and Beartooth. You can watch our interview with Kyle on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Archetypes Collide. Cool, man. Well, I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. And uh, yes, our have an awesome tour and everything else going up. I'd love to chat about. Yeah. Yeah. Life is life is pretty cool right now. Uh, we got a tour <laughs> with uh, Beartooth Trivium coming up, uh, Malevolence as well. Um, actually, we're going to be heading out in about a week, week and a half. From now, we'll be heading out. First shows in Pennsylvania. We're here in Arizona, so uh, it's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of distance we got to cover. Um, That's exciting, man! It's it's gonna be huge. It's got it's the, one, the biggest tour we've ever done so far. So, uh, yeah, we can't complain about the travel. It's gonna be it's gonna be so sick. Yeah, dude. And you just, I mean, recently signed uh, Fearless. I'd love to hear that that story and everything else. Yeah. So with Fearless, what really happened was well. Um, Sorry, can oh, we? I just no. I'm gonna ask you about it. I, I, I want to just get real quick on your 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 kind of backstory, and then I I want you to tell me about Fearless. Yeah, Sorry, for sure. I'm getting ahead yeah. of myself. Uh, totally just because there's exciting shit happening for you guys. So, um, so first off, you said from Arizona, born and raised. What part of Arizona? Uh, so I grew up in Gilbert, um, pretty much my whole life, and then I live in East Mesa now, which is like 20 minutes east. So, um, if people know Arizona, like the East Valley, which is like pretty much we're outside of the city. It's kind of like, there's a lot of farmland out there um, and it's really built up lately. So pretty suburban now, um, all gridlocked. It's just like, you know, you got streetlights every other mile. It's just consistent um, traffic everywhere now. So, but it used to be farm. There's still some cows behind my parents' house, which is cool. Um, nice. But yeah, I grew up there and then basically have lived in the East Valley of, of Arizona for, for a while now. So uh, yeah, it's a nice area. I love it. Did you grow up with the other people in the band or were you, did y'all go to high school together or anything like that? Yeah. So what's funny is uh, Tyler, our drummer, he, um, me and him went to the same high school, but we were in two different classes. I graduated a year before him. Okay. And uh, so, and my graduating class, because Gilbert blew up like huge, huge. It was a town and now it's like a massive city. And like, it was like one of the most popular places to move to in like the early 2000s. And so, um, my graduating class was like over 700, almost 800 kids in my senior class graduating. So like, wow, there's a lot of people at my school that I knew of, but I did not know. And they yeah. had no idea who I was. And it's, I had a massive high school, I, not to 
try to be that guy. Well, oh, yeah, we had 1,200 in our graduating class. Oh, my I, gosh. But it was the biggest to ever graduate from any high school in San Diego County. So yeah. it was like they cut they after our year, they had already opened up another high school. So like it went significantly in half from there. <laughs> but 800 is still a lot of kids. Man. Yeah, I, mean, I think we, I think we live the same life then. Because I remember they brought in like they had like portable units. They would park out in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And they like set up these portables that we would have our classes in because there wasn't enough room in the actual building. And we had the classes. same thing. Yeah, they had like um, yeah, there were like these trailers in the front in the in the front parking yeah. lot, and then there was like four or five in the back and behind the school. It was really <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, it was a weird time. And what was interesting is so Tyler was he was a year graduated the year after me, and so I had friends and like my brother was friends with his brother and some of my friends like but i never was i never hung out with the dude or anything and then later on after graduated high school i got really into music and um throughout my college years that's where i started developing and did some music business and joined a choir for the first time in my life and like just started like really leaning into that you know musical um theatrical kind of skill set that i have because uh early on junior high high school like I played band for a couple of years. I played trombone. If anyone okay. wants to know, um, I'll yeah, probably no. be on stage, but maybe one day we'll, we'll find a was way. Was that the first instrument you learned trombone? Yeah. So that was like fifth grade. Um, okay. I remember I wanted to learn and kind of looking back, I wish I did. Um, I wanted to learn how to play violin or like viola or um, cello or something, but that was only because the cute girls played in played orchestra. It. And then all my dudes were like, no, dude, you got to play in the band with the guys. And I'm like, all right, fine. So <laughs> um, peer pressure. There you go. Don't listen to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my early exposure. I, I sang a lot in my church growing up. My mom always had me singing solos and stuff like that. And I'm still pretty involved with music and whatnot at my church. So that's always been a, a kind of a set thing in my life playing music. I've always had a spot to, to have that creative outlet. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it wasn't until college years that I started developing that. And then through mutual friends, uh, Tyler, we, we got connected and then, um, Jared and Brandon quickly after we started playing shows. And then of course we, we brought on Kai, our bassist in 2019. And so we started playing shows 2016 we were a four piece. We'd backtrack our bass. Cause we're like, ah, who needs bass? So sorry <laughs> to all the bass players out there. Um, we, we appreciate it now. Sure. <laughs> So but, uh, you didn't yeah. start really start playing in a band or anything like that until you were in college. Super. Yeah. Super late bloomer on that stuff. Like it just, I don't know. My mom always wanted me to do like Broadway and stuff like that. I'm like, mom, like, I don't want to be a, like, I looked at the theater kids in high school and like, I was like, ah, I don't want to be like that. Like I, I was very like judgmental um, in high school. And like, I didn't want to be a so it was weird. It's like, I knew like the way I talked and the way I was with people, like, I could click with those people like no other, like I didn't take any effort to just be having a good time and be a dork. And like, I remember my band classes were like super fun, like just dorking around all the time, like having fun. But then I'd be out like, you know, at the lunch table looking around. Cause man, these people are being really weird. And I'm like super uncomfortable in my own skin. Like, Oh, I don't want to be weird. And like, I fought that for the longest time. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, these are my people. Like I am inherently like a doofus. Like I just, it's just what I am. And like, that's my style. Like I love, I love making people laugh. I love entertaining people. I love playing music. Um, and any of the arts, you know, I kind of pushed back on that for a long time just cause I was so self-conscious and like afraid of what people thought of me. And I think in my college years, I finally, 
you kind of grow out of that a little bit. You stop caring what people think. And I think that's just a part of life. You know, I feel like we all go through that where we care too much what people think. And then we eventually like, what does this even matter? Like, I just want to be happy and I want to do what I love doing. And that's where I made that shift was in college. So it took a while. Some people figure it out sooner and some people later, but I'm glad that I did. And yeah, uh, it's really cool to see where I'm at now compared to, you know, back then. No, that's amazing. So once you guys, at what point were you like, okay, I want to be in a band or I want to, was there like a moment or that you can remember that you're like, okay, you know, yeah. I'm in college. I'm, let's, I, I should try to be in a band. I mean, it sounds like you were in, <laughs> you know, chorus or whatever, you know, but like, you know, how did that even become a so, thing? Um, I, I had a few friends that were really into the scene. Um, so like 2010, 2011, 2012, um, I went to a few shows with my buddy. Uh, he made me go to a, it was like Pierce the Veil, Bring Me the Horizon. Um, and I think Pierce the Veil was headlining. Silverstein might've been on it. I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. But it was like early on, like it was before Bring Me had dropped their uh, Sam Paternal album. So they were still um, running the album before then. And then I think, I think it was Pierce the Veil was the headliner. And that was like my first exposure to it. And I was like, yo, this is sick. Like this mm-hmm. was so cool to see it live. Um, gave me so much better context of like what that music is and how it works because when you hear it on a recording and a lot of people you know you 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 think of like parents or like you know the old heads that are like oh they're screaming what are they even saying like like oh like it's cool like i can listen to it when i work out but it's like not my favorite and then once i saw it live it just completely changed my mindset i was like this is like so much energy so much emotion and like the it just felt genuine. It was really mm-hmm. cool. So um, that's where my first exposure to it. And then I just had a buddy, me and him used to do vocal covers on YouTube all the time. We would cover like Pierce the Veil songs, King for a Day, or we would do, you know, Memphis May Fire, or We Came as Romans. Like we cover all the core bands just because we could. And like, look, awesome. I think so our, our band channel archetypes collide on YouTube. Um, it's still, they're buried in the archives somewhere if you look hard enough, but they're pretty embarrassing. But part of me kind of just wants to leave them up just to be like, yeah, this is funny. Like, yeah, why not? I'm like, going to go through, awkward. I'm going to go find them now. Yeah. And I remember like, it was funny. Cause I was looking at, I saw a TikTok the other day of Noah Sebastian from bad omens. And uh-huh. he, I remember, I didn't even realize I didn't make the connection. I remember seeing him back in the day, he was like one of the vocal cover guys and stuff like that. And I remember seeing, like, I saw a TikTok of one of his old covers. And like, dude, I remember watching that one back in like 2013 and being like, Oh, <laughs> I could do that better. Like I should try that one. You know, like it's competitive. Right. So it was cool to like make that connection. Like, Oh, that's him now. Well, shoot. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. So, he's killing it. I mean, um, bad Omen yeah. is selling out everything. It's insane. They're insane. It's so talented. So it's cool to see that progression as well, which that's what I like. Like, Hey, you know, let people see where we started and like the entry level of it is not, it's, you know, it's, it's basically bare bones. Hey, if you want to just go for it. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, that's where it all started for me. And then were you like, once the band's going, are you writing songs and, um, and you're playing what early shows? Like, how did the like next level happen? Were you guys just playing locally? Cause I know you got kind yeah. of seeked out by, uh, by the basis of of Beartooth, right? Yeah. So but that what, was, must have been a little bit further down the line. Yeah. So we we started playing shows 2016. Um, what was interesting is we released an EP in 2014. It was me, Tyler, and one of our other friends who played guitar, and uh, we recorded it, four song EP. 
released it and we were like, Hey, we release it. Then we'll, then we'll finally get some guitarists that want to play with us because before the EP, it was like, nobody wants to play with us. And our bassist at the time, Caesar, he was like, well, shoot, I'll just learn how to play guitar. And he was a really good bassist. So like he knew how to play, you know, stringed instruments. So he was like, ah, screw it. I'll just write guitar parts and we can do it. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote a four song EP released it. And for basically a year and a half, we still had a drought of nobody wanted to join our band. We're like, yo, oh, wow. like, no guitarists want to play with us. And like, you know, I'm not, I'm not an insanely skilled guitarist. And like, I, um, I know enough to get by. I know enough to communicate and I can play, you know, I can play acoustic well and I can, you know, play rhythm and stuff like that. But, and I know enough to be able to write songs and like understand the, the functionality of it all, but it was never enough to actually play live. I'd much rather have someone else who can shred <laughs> Which right. we do now. Um, but yeah, we went through a weird phase where nobody wanted to join and it was like, yo, what the heck? So our buddy Caesar, he went off to school in New York, uh, Berkeley School of Music. He's a super talented dude. And uh, so he he left the band. It was just me and Tyler. And we were just kind of like, ah, well, I guess that's that's it. And then I found Brandon, our guitarist now, on on, on a Facebook group of like, I think it was Christian christian musicians exchange or something like that like arizona it was hilarious it was like looking <laughs> for a band and I, I can even go back to our old messages and find like hey dude what's up here's our ep we released we got this and this and we love bands like this and it's like super cringy um but he was down to meet up and he had a mutual friend that played guitar and then we had a four piece and there we were ready to play shows so um yeah it was a weird phase but it's cool to look back on not from like a i guess a little bit of like an ego stroke but like to look back and be like, man, there were so many people that like came through and were like, Hey, like we want to do something big. We want to do something big. And nobody wanted to be a part of it. But yeah, like me and Tyler kind of just like, just stuck through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, just kept just going. Kept chipping away. And eventually we found the right people and they're still with us now. Like our chemistry is insane, which I think is probably the biggest thing for us. That's gotten us to this point is like one of the consistency is like, yeah, nobody wants to play with us. It's been a year or two. And it's like, ah, whatever. We'll find something eventually, right? And then it works out because we're just continually trying to improve ourselves. And uh, it's been interesting because throughout the process of bringing extra guitarists on the band now, I feel like I've grown more as a musician where like, oh, I understand how certain things are played out and whatever. Now I can actually, I'm at the point where I can, you know, write music as well, like full band arrangements and stuff like that. So it's cool when you surround yourself with people that are pretty talented, how that tends to uh, kind of rub off on this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To rub off on everyone. And um, I think everyone's work ethic, everyone's, you know, just consistency with being good people. Um, it, it, it gets you pretty far and it's, it's done so far. So um, yeah, yeah it's cool I mean, you're on this huge tour and, and uh, like it's, you got this record deal and everything else. But before that, like what was the kind of uh, like, was there an early milestone or early validation yeah. that you guys so, got as a band? You can think of? Yeah. There was one point where it was kind of like our break that we got, like we finally got a break. Um, like I said, we've been independent local band playing local shows from 2016 all the way. Our first tour was last year. We did two tours with Ambi Affliction and Secrets, and that was amazing. Oh, wow. um, before that, we had never we ventured once into California and played a show there, and it was terrible. Won't talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was like, yeah, what just, part of California? Oh, dude, I don't even know. It was close enough to Compton. Um, okay, <laughs> I thought I remember. Like, yo, where the hell are we? Like, where are we going? Yeah, and, uh, it was funny. I was like, oh, we get to see the world. I'm like, ah, oh, this is cool. I guess. <laughs> 
So we played it like this random arena where it smelled like, like a farm. There were cows and bulls and stuff. It was like a, it was like a rodeo place where um, they would do. Uh, I would assume they had like rodeos and stuff they do on the weekends and whatnot. And it was, it was weird, dude. Interesting. Um, but anyways, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. The um, so our big break for us was we had been releasing music independently, just single after single after single, and just kind of chipping away at it. And we finally had a song that we released. It's called Your Misery. Um, I think it was November of 2020. And the people at Sirius XM, somehow one of their people heard it, saw it on YouTube. And they're like, yo, this is great. We want to give you guys a platform to reach new fans. And so what was cool about Sirius XM is they have this Octane station mm-hmm. um, where they have a every once in a while to do is called the Accelerators, which is they'll pick like three random bands of like, new nobody knows who they are let's give them a platform and start playing the heck out of them and like what i mean like we're getting our song played like seven times a day for like two months i'm like serious like it was like and and the end of the year we saw the check that happens you know you get in the mail from getting satellite playing we're like holy cow like they're really like they saw yeah. something in us and it was yeah like, and yeah. you make a lot more money from serious than you do from uh, special radio yeah. i uh, i <laughs> I worked in radio for like, yeah, almost 20 years on terrestrial yeah, radio. It blew us away. It's crazy how much more they pay on Sirius, but um, that's awesome, yeah. dude. So they, yeah. they kind of found this song and we're just, I mean, to get played seven times a day, that's a lot it's absurd. of spins. Absurd. That's a lot of spins. I mean, yeah, when was- I worked, the radio station I was helping program, we would play like an A artist, like the, the, the artist yeah, yeah. that you know, the, a song that you would hear all, it felt like all the time, like all on alternative radio, our station, you would play every other hour. Yeah. So, I mean, and then that, that was a song that like, everyone's like, Oh my God, that song's so overplayed. Yep. Like, and like to get seven spins a day, that's a lot. That's yeah, a lot. It was even at like days. the slowest when they were running that, it was probably at least minimum five times a day. We were watching, we had this tracker online that we could see. And like, I remember for the week, our song was like number three, most played on their station. Like yeah. it was, it was like, we were like, yo, what are we doing? Like, why do these, what's wrong with these people? Like, what, what are they doing? Right. Like, this is insane. Yeah. And, they must've got great feedback because yeah, I mean, really the, quickly it was people would have been like, yeah, we didn't have any manager. We didn't have any, it was just the five of us. We're like, yo, like this is really cool. And like our music video on YouTube started picking up and getting more traction and so what was cool is throughout that process, Your Misery, that song that we released, that was a song we traveled to Ohio right when the world shut down in March of 2020. And Ashi produced that song. He was a part of oh. writing a song with us and involved in that process. So Ashi obviously saw, oh my God, like they're getting, like things are starting to pick up. Ashi's manager, Tom, who manages Beartooth, he's managed Siler. Even back in the day, it was like, what was me? And like a bunch of like the core bands, like Tom knows, everyone knows Tom, Tom knows everyone. Like it's insane. And his connections he had. And Tom came to us with Ashi saying, hey, we think obviously you guys are killing it. We would like to take this to the next level. And they're talking like, like, we're going to get a label deal. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. And we're like, what? Like, do you know who we are? Like, we couldn't even get a guitarist to play for us like three years ago. Like, what do you, <laughs> you know, like, and so that was really cool. It, it was nerve wracking at first because it's like we had such a tight group of people, 
that we didn't want to screw it up by bringing someone else in that was more businessy or more, you know, cause they have their own motives or whatever. And throughout the meetings with Tom and Ashi, um, it was clear to see that, Hey, these guys have gone to where they are because they're genuinely like good people that have mm-hmm. the same work ethic as we do that have the same drive and to bring them on our team to take it to the next level. It was, it was a no brainer. And then quickly after doing that with them, we were talking with, um, Andy from fearless records, which he's the, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we had a meeting with him and he loved what we do, what we were doing. And, uh, then we got legal and, uh, we got a deal. <laughs> wow. And it was the sickest thing ever. It was so cool. So, yeah. I mean, getting fearless is a legendary label I yeah. mean, and, and to, to have the co-sign by not only, you know, serious, but Ashi of Beartooth and and all these things happening for you guys. That must've been like, obviously huge validation. And, and with that, in that song doing well, were you guys playing bigger shows? Like what, what else kind of came along with, yeah, with your, the success of your misery? So what was cool was last year, we announced our signing to fearless in February. Um, We did a tour of the enemy affliction from March to April. That was our first tour ever supporting them huge bands sellouts like we got to play across all of the u.s it was insane and uh, after that we had a bunch of festivals we played some danny wimmer festivals so we did like welcome to rockville in florida that was in may Uh, we did louder than life in kentucky we played aftershock in sacramento and like all three of those festivals were massive like like you couldn't see the end of the crowds and i was just like For me, like it's tunnel vision. Like I see like the first three rows of people and I can like engage with them. And then like, after that, I'm just like, and I have like decent vision, you know, like I worked at a LASIK place, got my eyes fixed for free. It was great. (laughs) Um, I don't work there anymore, but I do appreciate everything they did for me. Um, That's funny. But yeah, it's just insane. Like the crowds, like we're playing too. And it was kind of like an aha moment for me after we had played louder than life in Kentucky. I was like, yo, that was really cool. Like that was a lot of fun. And then I'm looking at the photos our photographer was taking and I'm like, wait, hold up. Is that our set? <laughs> and like, <laughs> the crowd was, it, you couldn't see the end of it. And I was like, there's no way that just happened. Like I, was I there? Cause it was just straight tunnel vision. Like we're just doing what we've been doing, you know, at a 30 people at a show back in, you know, freaking Tempe, Arizona. Like it just all felt so natural to us. And so it's really cool to see, like you said, the validation of, of being able like certain bands taking us out on the road with them or playing massive festivals and being able to hold our own and like entertain people and give them a good time, you know, like that's just a really good feeling. And then of course, having a label that wants to, you know, essentially put a bunch of money into what you do. Right. Just completely like roided out. Like let's take what you do on your local level and let's take it to the big stage, you know, and to have someone and a whole team at fearless that wants to do that and like sees the, the potential in us to go, you know, make it big. Like, yeah, life is, life is cool. Unbelievable, man. That's awesome. And you have an album as well. Yeah. So we actually, we just dropped is our first debuted album with fearless. Uh, We released that. It was at the end of, March. I don't even know what day it is anymore. It's yeah, it was only a couple of weeks ago, I think. Right? Yeah, it was two weeks ago. We dropped our debut self-titled album, um, 12 tracks, like full on, like we've never released more than like four songs in like one moment. And we released 12, like, <laughs> <so sick. laughs> and so um, 
and with that album like the response has been insane um we had a song we did a music video called destiny and like people are just loving it and it's really cool to see uh just all these people that there used to be a point where like i knew everyone that listened to us because they were all my friends or my family or my grandma or like you know like you know you play a show locally and you see all your friends like okay that's cool and then like we played a headliner show last year um, just kind of a one-off. And there were so many people there that knew who I was, but I had no idea who they were. And it was like the weirdest feeling. Cause I walked out in the crowd, like expecting like, Oh, I'll just say hi to some friends or whatever. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh crap. There's a lot of people staring at me and I don't like this. Oh <laughs> like, wow. It, it yeah. Was weird. It was so weird, but it was such like a cool experience to be like, wow, like we actually have a lot of people that believe in us and like want to be a part of this. And uh, you know, like I said, from a level that, you know, we've put in, like we put in the work, you know, we put in the time of recording on our own, putting our own finances in it. I mean, there were to do the trip to Ohio to record over there. Like all five of us had to drop like over $2,000 just to like make it happen with paying for recording flights, stuff like that, like of our own money. Like we're like, right. Hey, do we want it? We got to chip in. I remember I was like playing tax collector, like, Hey guys, you know, Hey, we got a few more months. Can we all throw another hundred bucks in, you know, the, at the end of this month or whatever to kind of build up our thing so we could pay for what we need to do. And like, that was tough. It was not, not easy. You know, like we're all, you know, busting our asses just to make some money to be able to do this. And, uh, like I said, eventually you just keep chipping away. We got our break. So yeah, really cool. it all paid off in the end for yeah. sure. This, the album that came out, are those songs that you was that was that part of the batch of songs you recorded in Ohio or is this way later? No, so that's after. So um the stuff we recorded with Ashi early on with like Your Misery. Um there's a few other songs. It was uh there's another Undertow was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um there's a couple of it was four songs total that we did yeah. there. And then these are all the new ones are all fresh. Yeah. But, okay. Which was sweet because Fearless is like, hey, we would like to buy out the masters what you have, which hey. Sounds good to me. We'll we'll buy ourselves a trailer and a van to go to her. Like, great deal. Um, but then uh, they fully funded album, all new songs. I mean, we have a total. Technically, there's the hard copy album and the vinyl have 14 songs on it because there's two like bonus songs. Oh, cool. So yeah, 14 songs, and that was over the span of like two and a half, probably three months that we were going back and forth to Ohio to record those. So, Oh, so um, you recorded this album in Ohio as well. Yeah. We worked with Ashi again and then okay. um, we brought in, we brought in a couple other people because fearless, obviously, you know, you know, people and those people know people and you have connections, which is probably the best part about like having management, having a booking agent and having a label is like now their friends are your friends. And it's like, Oh, well, this is cool. Like we have a lot of resources to pull from now. So, mm -hmm. um, What's cool is we had John Everhart come in and, and hang out with us, do some extra production on the songs. And so he's done stuff for, um, I think lately, like Skillet, they dropped a new song he worked on, um, like synth and production type stuff he does. And he's so much fun to have in the studio because he's just a super normal looking dude. You would never think that he writes like crazy music like, like that. Um, so we had him in the mix with Ashi. And then uh, we actually had one song where Landon, tours from the plot new came out for a day we're like hey let's just write a song and see what happens and we literally in like six hours wrote a whole song tracked recorded have a good day and it was like the coolest experience because he's wow. obviously a freak like super talented right mm -hmm. and he came into the mix and it was like ashi me and the guys and like 
just the ability to like co-write and like hold our own and be like, Hey, let's do this. Oh, I hear this. Why would we play that part like that? And like the song just and like came together. It was a cool Testament to like, Oh, like, yeah, of course it would, you know, it'd work well because we've been writing songs by ourselves for the past, you know, five, six, seven years. So it was cool to see leading up to that, that, Oh, we have a professional, someone who really runs it. You know, he's like the guy who writes everything and to have someone like him come in the mix and us be able to just in stride with him, you know, write a song together. It was, was a really cool experience. Oh, um, bad. yeah. Cause I, I would imagine it almost being a little bit, um, you know, you could get a little nervous or whatever. Like you got this person that's got all these credits to their name in the, in the studio. And it's like, Oh, like yeah. to have it just vibe like that and, and come out with a song that quickly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was, I feel like I've heard people speak it up that before when you do co-writes, you like some people you've never written with before, you know, there's a chance that, you know, you sometimes like, even with us, like we go to write a song and it just like, you hit a wall and it's just like, well, I don't know what to do with this. So I just kind of, you know, it happens. That's what, I mean, it's just songwriting. That's just one-on-one. Like you're going to write songs that suck and they don't work out and it's just what it is. Um, but I feel like for every like 10 songs that you write that suck, you usually end up with like three or four that are pretty damn good. So it's like, you know, it's a cool balance. Um, so him coming in was always like, Oh shoot. Like this guy, he's, he's pretty iconic. I'd say in our scene, like he's a, he's a pretty prominent dude. Mm-hmm. And of course his band, I mean, they're blown up. So um, yeah, just to have him in the room and like right off the bat, he was like super down to earth, open to do whatever we want to do and just try to write a fun song you know, that would be fun to play live. And I think we accomplished that pretty, pretty well. So it was definitely validating for sure. That's amazing, man. That's, and then and congratulations on the the record deal and the tour. Yeah. I mean, you guys are touring with Beartooth, which is. It was bound huge. to happen. Yeah. Right. We were, you know, for a while. <laughs> like, hey, we're like the little brother, like, yo, when are you going to take us, you take me over to a freaking Applebee's for dinner or something like that. Like, when are you going to take us out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no, totally. But yeah, that's cool, so. man. I mean, to, to have him, you know, help you guys out in, in that way too. And then put you on the road, especially on yeah. tour. Yeah. I think for us, it's just another huge step for us to kind of prove ourselves and be like, yeah, we can, you know, we can hold our own, we can pull our own weight and like, we can, we can leave people walking away from one of our shows being like, wow, I need to see that again. That was so much fun. Like it's an experience that people can actually I don't know. I feel like sometimes it, it can happen when, when bands play a lot, you can go to a show and be like, Oh, that kind of felt like they were just going through the motions or whatever. Yeah, they're just phoning it in or whatever. You know, sure. And like, we have to battle that ourselves, you know, you get consistently playing shows night after night and stuff like that. But I think the biggest thing for us is like, our goal is to make sure that people walk away from our shows, just knowing that they had a good time, the smile on their face, like, like we're entertainers, you know, like I love, like I said, going back to like my childhood is like, I love making people smile. I love making people laugh, have a good time and just bringing up the energy in the room. And it's like this band, it gives me a platform to do that on a huge scale. So it's really cool to, uh, to see all those attributes and those flinches that I had as a kid growing up, I finally get to play those out and not have to worry about, you know, what people think about me. So it's cool to, uh, to be able to take it to the bigger platform with this tour. So it'll be really cool. Amazing, dude. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for, for doing this and for being patient. I'm sorry about the, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the tardiness, but um, thank you again so much for doing this. I have one more quick question for you yeah. uh, before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. 
Oh man. I mean, personally, just from my own experience and everyone, you know, runs into stuff in their own ways. Like it just happens. Um, I think the biggest thing for us as a band, um, in general, like that's led to our success is we've just kept being consistent. Um, even if the product wasn't like a hundred percent, maybe it was like 90%. It wasn't as good as we could make it. We were still like, Hey, we need to get this song out. Let's make it happen. You know, or, Hey, we don't have a guitarist. Well, okay. That guy didn't want in. Let's try to find someone else. Let's try to find someone else. Always keeping that kind of pressing in on it where you want to go. Cause eventually you'll find the right people that want to be a part of it. Um, and I think the biggest thing for us is when you surround yourself with a team, like we have with our manager and uh, with the label and whatever is like, you got to surround yourself with the right people. You got to have that chemistry. So we had that even before management, even before the label is like, we had four, we had five dudes that just enjoy hanging out with each other and playing music. And like, simple as that. We got five dudes that want to hang out and that have a solid work ethic that want to make music. You're set. That's all you need. It's hard to find. Like I said, it took us, I don't know, three, four, four years, five years to like actually find like a solid group of people. But like, if you want it, it's there. You just gotta, you gotta keep pushing it. So be consistent. Things will start, things will start working out. 